when you say, I can't believe I'm being paid for this, that is the best recipe you have. If it's a job, you can't survive it. If it's a vocation, if it's the love of your life, it's what you live for, then it's fine. Hi, everyone. I'm Rich Lascaris, and welcome to Market Share. This is where I chat to entrepreneurs and leaders who influence the way brands are built, big brands and small, as well as people who've had an impact on the media and marketing industry. So, today I'm going to talk to someone who understands the power of words. To introduce him properly, I checked my dictionary for the meaning of maverick. The definition is perfect. An unorthodox or independent-minded person. In my humble opinion, South Africa owes him, and a few others like him, a huge debt of gratitude. Welcome, Branko, Editor-in-Chief and Founder of The Daily Maverick. Hello. But before we talk about The Daily Maverick, uh, what brought you to South Africa in 1991 from one hotspot to, dare I say, another hotspot? Uh, I guess two things. I was badly informed <laughs> about South Africa. <laughs> uh, the second thing is I could get a visa. You know, in those days, um, not too many countries would give a visa to the guys from, uh, you know, leaving the country that was burning, Yugoslavia in those days. And, uh, you know, South African home affairs was um, sufficiently backward in those days not to change the, the requirements um, in accordance uh, to the reality of the, of the civil war in Yugoslavia. So it was still an, uh, an avenue that was open to, to people like me who, you know, try to, uh, escape the atrocities of the, you know, and that horrifying war, you know, that ruined the country and scarred us forever. Had you ever been to South Africa before then? No, no, I haven't. I didn't even know what was the South African currency. Um, uh, you guys were completely blocked off from, from our world. I mean, the, the sanctions against South Africa were, were quite effective. Um, so I, I, I knew a few things and, uh, remember it was days before internet. So, and the South Africa being on the other side of the world. Yeah. It's okay. Like it's there, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, uh, I also couldn't speak much English or just about any English as well. So it was a, it was a, it was an adventure. Let's put Where did you arrive in Johannesburg, and and what did you do? Look for a hotel? Did you? No, I, I actually didn't know anything or anybody. Um, I had a telephone number of some some lady who came there, uh, who arrived in South Africa, maybe a year before me, and uh, she told me to go to a hotel in Hillborough. Uh, there were the, quite a few guys from Belgrade, and that's how I started. Uh, if you think about literally from the bottom, yeah, that's that's where I started. But in 2005, I think you started a magazine called Maverick Business. Is that correct? No, no, no. In 1998, I launched a magazine called Timbila, which was a National Parks magazine. It was hugely important stuff in my life. In 2001, I launched a magazine called Brainstorm for the company called IT Web. And uh, Brainstorm is, um, you know, I can proudly say still around and still dominates the IT industry of South Africa. And then... In 2005, I launched Maverick magazine. And then 2007, I launched Empire magazine. When you launched Maverick, was it meant to be uh, a news magazine or was it meant to be more of a business magazine? You know, spending some time in a business environment, I was hoping to create um, kind of almost like a version of Fortune magazine for South Africa. And people tried to ask me, in advance, what kind of magazine is going to be? I would say it's a combo of Fortune magazine, Vanity Fair, and Top Gear. 
<laughs> and uh, yeah. and uh, funny enough, you know, as we were kind of pushing more and more issues, it became more of a vanity fair and more of a Top Gear rather than Fortune magazine. And then what made you switch to digital? Because I remember when I met you, you just launched the digital version of Maverick. What actually happened is that we went under. <laughs> yeah. ah, okay. 2008 uh, was horrible. And, you know, we made a massive impact editorially. We had some really wonderful writers and, you know, but I was trying to change the industry and then realized that the wall I was trying to go through was thicker than my head, <laughs> than my skull. <laughs> so so uh, my skull was, um, let's put it this way, um, firmly crushed <laughs> by the industry. <laughs> you know? okay. Let's put it this way, we just couldn't get enough advertising. We didn't have enough money to market properly. We created a cult following, but we were struggling to enter the main space which was dominated by, you know, big organizations. And, you know, let me just remind you that our competitors owned the printing and distribution networks, you know, and I don't know, they, for some reason, they didn't like when I was telling them they all suck, they are horrible, they, they, the publications are rubbish. For some reason, I don't know, they didn't like it. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so, so, so let's, let's put it this way, they, they watched us implode with a great glee and happiness. And Branka, were you a one-man band when you first went digital? You know, I was lucky enough to save the majority of this creative heart of Maverick magazine. You know, so yes, we went under as a publication, but the creative heart was still beating, you know. So that gave us this head start. I met my partner, Stilicar Lambus, sometime in 2009, and we, together we, we launched the magazine, but also Philip Devet, my deputy editor from Maverick magazine, who, was, who also was deputy editor of Daily Maverick. Kevin Bloom joined us from Maverick magazine, Richard Poplar, Stephen Frutus from Maverick magazine, uh, Brooke Spector also joined us. So it was a creative heart, which thankfully did not dissipate because Maverick and Empire magazines made enough impact for people to care and to look forward to a uh, next incarnation, you know, which ended up uh, being Daily Maverick. So I guess digital news is relentless and you have to keep updating it all the time. Totally. Yeah. You never go to bed, really, do you? Look, last time I heard uh, bed is um, something that people use at night. Am I correct? <laughs> yeah, because I remember. I, I, need, I remember. I need to check my notes. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so. The Daily Maverick was really born in the Zoom and Gupta area, wasn't it? Yeah. With the promise to defend the truth. Uh, and this you've you really, really done. Thank you. Uh, when you and your collaborators delivered the Gupta leaks and exposed tape capture, were you threatened? Did you have a hard time? Look, we were doing it in what we considered to be a total silence and secrecy. You know, we now understand it wasn't entirely secret and silent, but for intents and purposes, we were doing it in a way that nobody would know. So we were genuinely worried about what kind of reaction is going to cause, because, you know, uh, immediately when I got it, I knew this was a Watergate moment. This is the stuff that brings governments down. So we did not know what kind of reaction is going to happen. We were not threatened overtly. Mm -hmm. I had a very weird car crash in the middle of Gupta Lakes, but, you know, it could be explained, uh, but it's very weird. I just lost the wheel oh. in the corner, so I can't explain that. I, it could have been completely legitimate, but uh, I don't know. But it was less of a wild and aggressive reaction than we thought. 
I think they were also shocked by the impact and the maturity of the information that we presented that just about everybody from the you know, security cluster tried to either pretend that we do not exist or just, you know, look in front of them and do whatever they were doing, you know, and it was surprisingly peaceful. I, I, I keep saying to people, one thing that saved us so far, especially during Zuma years, it was uh, this gigantic incompetence of the guys in, uh, that could have actually ended the whole thing quite quickly. We were, we, we were lucky that they were incompetent, honestly. I'm, I'm sure you're very lucky because the role of an investigative journalist has become what you guys have made it crucial to democracy and, of course, South Africa. Yeah. Are investigative journalists a special breed of person or is it just guys who really believe in what they're doing? Uh, it's both. It's both. What we do is a public service. You know, this is not a way to make a big living or luxury living or to earn for your big pension. Also, it's something that requires people who can actually um, withstand the pressure. You know, I'll give you an, an idea. I mean, my female investigators, you know, every time we come up with investigations, um, you know, busting people like Julius Malema, uh, Ice Magashule, Igbos Survey, people like that, sometimes they get up to 50 threats of rape per hour on Twitter. But you have to be a different type of person to realize it's a harassment and it's nothing against you personally and to actually internalize it and realize it's a price of the job. You know, I was called South Africa's modern day Joseph Goebbels, you know, so it have a strong moral core and deep understanding of what you're doing is in the long term beneficial to the country and the people around you. And I mean, it's fantastic because you're really the, the detectives of South Africa and the special investigators of South Africa and really, really South Africa owes you a big thank you. So just explain to me the relationship between Scorpio and Amugani again. Well, Scorpio is Daily Mavic's investigative unit. Okay. Same way that Amugani is, except that uh, the Scorpio is fully integrated into, into Daily Mavic. We launched it to handle the Gupta leaks. It has um, three ACE reporters full-time, which is Peter Louis Maybrook, Polly Van Wake, and Jessica Bezudevit. There was a fourth one, Sikunati Matshasha, but he, <laughs> he, in the meantime, opted to take his uh, version of national service and go to ESCOM. I do believe that he would have been still much more comfortable in, 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 in Scorpio. And then, and then we also have a, quite a few of the guys on the side uh, that are doing reporting duties as well, but also chip in with the help. Uh, that would be Ferio Hapaji, Marianne Tam, Marianne Merton, uh, Richard Poplak, then Mark Haywood from Mavic Citizen. Uh, so we have a, a massive talent in our team and we are incredibly, incredibly grateful that we can actually tap that on the talent. Amabungane itself used to be um, Melon Guardian's investigative unit, oh, okay. but they spun off at some stage and then they decided to become fully independent. But we publish uh, 100% of the investigations on Daily Maverick. Moving on to the marketing side of Daily Maverick, <laughs> I could have listened to you now for hours and hours. You've done a, a unique funding model. I mean, I've got to tell you, Every time I, well, I read the Daily Maverick every single day of my life. I don't miss it. Thank you. That's wonderful. But, but um, the funding model you've done is unique. I mean, it, it's it's voluntary. You, you're probably getting to, what, you got 18,000 insiders or members now? Yeah, 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 yeah. But how many more people do you think are reading the Daily Maverick? We have around anything between three and a half and four and a half million readers every month. That's a lot. Let me just dial back 10 years. You know, um, first and foremost, we were always committed to doing this for free. Then Marikana happened, and I also had a personal epiphany about 
why we're doing it, what we're doing, and how we're doing it. From being a um, slightly cocky, slightly elitist type of you know editor, I, I realized that we are here for the people. We are here. This is a public service, and forever we're going to be here to defend the poorest of the poor and weakest of the weak. Because the government is not doing it. Government is doing quite completely opposite. So if we don't do it, nobody will. You know, I saw with my own eyes government harassed the people of Maricana who were who were who were so traumatized after after Maricana, and then month later I saw still they were hungry and the government was harassing them every day. So the, to, to go to go back here, we we do not believe in checkbook truth. You know, we believe you should not be rich in order to understand what's happening. The New York Times and the Washington Post and others they might be able to afford to give the stories only to ones who can pay. Because there will always be some kind of a free information for people who can't afford to pay. However, as we know more and more, the quality information costs money and free information is usually rubbish or fake news. So we try to spend those two things and say, no, we're going to provide the quality information for free because it is crucial for this country to have some center of truth and trust when everything is swirling with lies and fake news and propaganda People need to have some bedrock. Someone they can believe in. Exactly. And that's why we can't charge. Because, you know, you want people in townships to be able to, to say, I don't have a money. I have a bit of an internet connection. Let me connect, you know, and let me read to somebody I trust and who's not going to ask me to, to subscribe. So, and there's another element here is that, first, our market is small. So even if you are fantastically successful in your subscription drive, you know, let's say you manage to charge 75 rand a month. You probably have a horizon on 20, 30,000 people who will be able to subscribe. Right. That's like basically less than 2 million bucks a month. And you're limiting your access. You're limiting your good stories and important stories for people who can't understand. You know? So that's, that's one, one element. The second element, which is very, very important, is that what people spend money for. If you tell people, okay, this is a payable, this is a product, and this is how much it costs. Pay or leave, you know. So then the person on the other side can say, okay, first, is this a good product? Is it worth that money? Second, do I have that money? Third, even if I had that money and if it's a good product, do I have a time to read it? What I'm trying to say is that, is that that person on the other side is using a left brain to evaluate the quality of the product the way that you, you would evaluate the shampoo on a store. Mm. You know, what we're doing with it's completely different. We are telling people, join us, join our cause, mm-hmm. you know, which is definitely the right brain. It's an emotional it's, decision. It's, a, it's an emotional thing, but practically you need income. So are you attracting more advertisers then? Of course. Remember, uh, you always have more readers if you're free than you're not. That's right. Okay. So that's the one thing. So then when people say, well, people value only things that they pay for, it's a bullshit. We're proving it every day. Mm. If that was the case, we would never have done what we've done so far. So in every way, it's better for us at least to stay free because remember, the market is not big enough to provide you with enough subscribers to maintain a self-respecting editorial team. You just don't have it, you know. And remember, I mean, it's not like this market is so big. You just need to look around and see, and see what's happening to people who are charging. But then why did you launch a newspaper? I mean, it's a beautiful publication. It's beautifully laid out and everything. Why did you launch, go back all the way around and launch a newspaper? You know, funny enough is that there are a lot of people who love reading papers. Mm. Look, there are two reasons why the newspapers are going down in South Africa. Reason number one is because it's the internet time. The daily newspapers are gone. 
daily newspaper print as a distributor of information in this such fast pacing times is just not good enough. But the weekly newspaper, you know, what you do, you say, okay, let's use the weekly newspaper to recreate something we lost. And that's where we come in. We, what we say to people, switch off your cell phone. Have a time for yourself. Read, sit back, relax, especially over a weekend. It's a- exactly. Weekend reading ritual. So there comes the second part of why the newspapers are going down, because they're horrible. So if you offer people recreation of something that they're missing, and especially missing in this world, this is going freaking crazy these days. And on the other side, we give them quality newspaper. So we're producing every day 50 to 60 features. Those are anything between 800 and 3,000 words. Moving on. Let's talk about Branko. Uh, Branko, what scares you? If, if, if you have to. <laughs> <laughs> what scares you? <laughs> um, you know what scares me? It scares me mm-hmm. stupidity sold as intelligence. It scares me when people who finish you know, economic studies think they know more about virology than virologists. <laughs> and what do you do for fun? Um, no, I work. You work? <laughs> uh, yeah, my, I'm, I'm having the best fun of my life, you know. Yeah, no, look, 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 our, job, our jobs, I guarantee you one thing, is that our jobs are unsustainable unless it's the best time for you. When you say, I can't believe I'm being paid for this, that is the best recipe you have. Because otherwise the pressure is so hard, the, the rhythm is so relentless. If it's a job, you can't survive it. If it's a vocation, if it's the love of your life, it's what you live for, then it's fine. Oh, fantastic. Well, thank you very, very much because I've been dying to talk to you for such a long time because you're such <laughs> oh, an interesting guy. And you got oh, we can coffee. continue with coffee. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> ne- next time you recognize me in the street, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you so much, Frank, and thanks everyone for listening and cheers to you all. Bye-bye. <laughs>